Let's pray together. God, thank you for a beautiful day. Amen. So seven weeks ago, we started this series on all of these different theological worldviews, on different ways that people look at the way God works in the world and the way we kind of figure out where we fit with God and one another. And so if you hadn't been here for all of those, if you look at the order of worship, that sheet of paper, and you see the headings, those are the theological worlds, the separation and reunion, conflict and vindication, and all that, just to kind of catch you up to where we are today. So this is the next to last Sunday in doing this, and so we're seven weeks in, and it struck me, and I think this is coincidence, but you know what some people say is coincidence says, no, this is the hand of God, and I'm actually at a point in my life where I'll honestly tell you I'm fine either way. If it's a coincidence, great. If this is actually the work of God, great. But here's the way that all of this worked out in my crazy mind. We're seven weeks into this. Well, way back when the pandemic started, you'll remember it was at about day 50 that, you know, personally, I didn't think this was fun anymore, the whole staying at home all the time. And I finally told Jen, I've got to find a place to go make these sermon films other than my recliner and headed out to the desert. Well, seven weeks ago... I started this series by talking about us holding hands in the desert, that, that that was kind of the image to get us through all of this, where we happen to be living right now, and it was seven weeks into the pandemic that all that happened. So it's also seven weeks ago that this happened that I stood up and the whole knee went like that. So I had the surgery and at post-op on Friday, they said from surgery, it'll be seven weeks until you can walk and sleep without this thing. And so that's why this has been on my mind today and this week. Because when you and I, via this computer, went out and told the big story of God out in the desert, what I've been thinking about was that that's when I could go hiking without walking like a pirate. No offense to pirates. Uh, but that doesn't last, things keep changing. And if one of the things I want us to take away from this series, it's that wherever you happen to be right now is not where you're always going to be. There is work that is being done at the hand of God that goes way beyond what we can understand, what we can ask or imagine. But if one thing that the work that's inspired this series has done is that it says God is in the business of moving 
this to this. And I can't tell you how it happens. I've studied this stuff till I'm blue in the face. I've talked to people until I'm even bluer in the face. And I can't for the life of me figure out how does God do this? Which convinces me that that's not what this is supposed to be about in the first place. I can't just say, this is how exactly this works and this is exactly how God works in this. But I will tell you this, separation, God is in the business of reunion. And follow any one of these. And this tells us the story of God. We need to remember that through Jesus we've already entered the promised land. It's not like we're in the desert waiting to enter the promised land. The whole story of Jesus says we've already entered the promised land. Jesus said from the cross in John 19.30, it is finished. And while it's true that we live in the in-between times, you've heard me probably talk about this before, that we live in the already but not yet. Well, tucked neatly into that little catchphrase is the word already. You know, I've spent a lot of my preaching and even my academic career focused on the not yet. That's where a lot of us feel like we live. But let's not forget that in that phrase is already. We live in the already. So let's walk today together hand in hand, not in the desert, but in the promised land. And this is where Romans 12 comes back into play that we started reading seven weeks ago. When we read Romans 12 toward the beginning of this series, I think it was the second Sunday of this series, read the whole thing and I invited everybody, and this is, we've talked about encouragement cards a lot today, so this is an appropriate time to do it. You may have written yourself an encouragement card from Romans 12. I know that some of you did that. Do you still have it? So get it back out this week. Or if you don't still have it or you want to do this again, write yourself another encouragement card as we read this. I'm going to read Romans 12 again. This is really how we're going to end this worship service and before we end the series next Sunday. Because here's what Romans 12 is. If you look at the bulk of the book we call Romans. Romans 1 through 11 says, this is what we believe. You know, if you ever wanted to know, what do we believe as Jesus followers? Romans 1 through 11 says, here's what we believe. And then Romans 12 starts by saying, and here's what we do with it. Here are the practices of the people of God. And then what follows Romans 12. But Romans 12 is the big one that says, if you want to know what life in Christ, as a Jesus follower, is supposed to look like, here's what it is. So that being the case, that we are living this together, write yourself an encouragement card, but maybe write someone else one too. Here's this from Romans 12 that I thought that you could use today. Um, and I'll read slowly, and if you get stuck on one, um, Romans 12, go back and read it again today. But this is one worth memorizing. This is one worth reading multiple times uh, because if there was ever a chapter in the New Testament 
that I would say this is one that churches need to be reading and practicing together over and over and over again. If you want a prescription for what Jesus follower groups are supposed to look like, this is it. So here's Romans 12. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, God's good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members... And these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we, though many, form one body. And each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts. According to the grace given to each of us, if your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless. Do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. 
if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If she is thirsty, give her something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on their head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. With all of that in mind, these five perspectives on how we live in the world with God and with one another all have the component of the already but not yet. They're all happening all the time simultaneously. We live in a world known for trying to separate us. Our community of Jesus people here today is a testament to reunion, that nothing can separate us, and moreover, nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Nothing. Not even our own fears. We live in a world that treats conflict as though it were a virtue. But not here not here in this place. Lay your burden down. Every care you carry, come right now into God's peace, into God's freedom. You've already been vindicated here in the promised land, already set free, already in the peace of Christ that is right here today. We live in a world of empty calories that leaves us emptier and emptier every time we partake of the world's sugar-coated promises. But in Christ, we can embrace an act of emptying ourselves, these jars of clay that are already running over with the living God, our cups runneth over. We live in a world that will condemn you at every turn. But we are not a people condemned. On the contrary, forgiven through Christ. Yes, even you. You are a beautiful, forgiven child of God, shaped today in the image and likeness of Christ. And while we do indeed live in a world of suffering, perplexed and hard-pressed on every side, in the name of Jesus we endure and then we endure some more. We keep on walking and we just keep swimming. And the way we live this, again according to Romans 12, is to be devoted to one another in love. And don't forget to honor one another above yourselves. Along the way here in the promised land, let us be joyful in hope. When we feel burdened and afflicted, be patient.
this too will pass and be faithful in prayer. So come today. Taste and see that the Lord is good. The smell of God, the voice of God. Smell the air. Hear God. Hear. Come and let God fill your senses. You may feel like life is ongoing separation. God is in the reunion business. Maybe your life is filled with conflict. Receive today the peace of Christ. If you are empty, let God fill you. You are not condemned, and Jesus said so. We are the forgiven. And I know you are suffering. So let's endure with God and one another here in this place. And so now hear the word of the Lord from Hebrews 10, 36 through 39. For you need endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. For yet... In a very little while, the one who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one will live by faith. My soul takes no pleasure in anyone who shrinks back. But we are not among those who shrink back and are so lost. But among those who have faith and are so saved. So what's it going to be? Shrink back. Have faith. It's got to be one or the other. Shrink back. Have faith. This is the story at the end of this wonderful little book we call Hebrews of those of us who live as the people of God, saved together. Saved, saved, saved. So, together with one voice, let all of God's people say together, Amen. Amen and Amen. So, go now. In reunion, in peace, fulfilled, forgiven, and let us endure with strength. Have a great week.